the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence, will shake the earth and every heart will know. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Shalom and welcome to Heart of Messiah Radio Broadcast. My name is Steve Weiler and I'm the lead rabbi of Shoresh David Messianic Synagogues. Currently we're serving in Wesley Chapel, St. Pete, South Bay near Riverview and Tampa. We welcome all visitors as we desire to see those who are Jewish and not Jewish worshiping together in unity. We're honored to serve the listening audience of AM 570 WTBN and 910 WTWD, Tampa Bay's Faith Talk. Shalom. The past two weeks we have talked about the scriptural foundation for Israel and why Israel should be so important to Christians and the history of Israel. This week will be our final look at Israel in this series as we continue to celebrate the modern history of Israel at its 70, 70th year old birthday. So, let's begin our time together with a word of prayer. Avinu Malkenu, our Father and our King, we just thank you, O oh Lord, so much for who you are, we thank you for how you have chosen a people called Israel and a land called Israel, and it testifies of your faithfulness throughout the years. And we are blessed because you are faithful, and we're encouraged because you are faithful. And so we pray, O oh Lord, that this uh, radio broadcast would touch the hearts of people as they realize that your faithfulness is paramount in our faith. So we bless you, we thank you, and praise you and give you all the honor and glory in the name of Yeshua. Amen. Amen. Okay. Well, normally each week I demonstrate counting the Omer, but again, because of time, we're not doing that. If you would like to count the Omer, call the office, speak to Karen, 813-831-5673, and be happy to send you a link so that you can put it on your phone or in your computer. Also, I mentioned uh, last week there is a list of scriptures that I use concerning Israel, a great article on Herzl and Heckler, um, if you remember from last week. Uh, or um, the top 44 inventions uh, of Israelis, again, call Karen. And let me just mention something we have new. For any size gift, I will send you our new Mother's Day Haggadah, just off the press. 
you're sitting at a meal on Mother's Day, right, with your mom or your wife. Wouldn't it be amazing if you could read together like a 15-minute booklet honoring and blessing her? Call Karen, and for any size gift, she'll send you one or more of those copies. So we are blessed that we can share this time together. We're looking forward to what God is going to do. As we talked about counting the Omer and anticipating uh, Shavuot or Pentecost. But today we are going to talk about Israel, the faithfulness of God, because that's who the Jewish people are and that's what Israel is. It's all about the faithfulness of God. God is speaking about Israel when he said, and I mentioned this scripture last week, so let's go over it again. We didn't talk about it, but I read it. It's Deuteronomy 32.21. They made me jealous with a non-God. Now, this is God speaking. They vexed me with airy idols, so I will make them jealous with a non-people, with a foolish nation, I will vex them. Look, you have heard the expression, the more things change, the more they stay the same. This is a great example. God is a jealous God. He's a jealous God in the Hebrew Scriptures. He's a jealous God in the New Covenant. He is a jealous God. He even says that in, in besides many Scriptures, it's even part of the Ten Commandments in Exodus 20, verse 5. You know what it's like to train your children one way and then see them go another way, right? Well, God is upset with the Israelites because they are following a non-God. They're following idols. And I believe God is still upset with us about this today. Many of his children have idols in their lives that are more important to them than following God. But here's where it gets interesting. God says in that verse, I will make them jealous with a non-people. Well, what's a non-people? It means a people who don't have a land. They're not an ethnicity, right? So three thoughts about this. Number one, God is doing this very thing today. Jewish people are coming to the Lord because they are jealous of the love relationship that Christians have with God, right? And secondly, Christians are not a people. They're not a nation, but rather they're defined by their belief rather than their ethnicity. So God has done and is doing exactly what he said he would. A non-people would make the Jews jealous. And third, this is one of the proofs that shows the consistency of God throughout Scripture. This verse is a prophecy that is repeated in the New Covenant. Romans 11.11 says this. You should remember it by now. I say then, they did not stumble so as to fall, did they? Meaning the Jewish people, may it never be. By their false step, salvation has come to the Gentiles to provoke Israel to jealousy. Is this amazing? Uh, You know, people talk about Scripture and not believing Scripture. But God is so consistent. It's got to give you encouragement this day. 
God is using this unique relationship that he created to have Messianic Jews and Christians come together. This is also the beginning of another prophecy being fulfilled about Jews and Christians becoming one. We see it in Ephesians 2, 5, and 16. It says, he did this in order to create within himself one new man from the two groups, making shalom and to reconcile both to God in one body through the cross by which he put the hostility to death. We also see it in um, when Yeshua is praying to the Father in John 17. I won't read all of it, but starting with verse 20 and 21, I pray not on behalf of these only, but also of those who believe in me through their message, that they all may be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I am in you, so also may they be one in us, so the world may believe that you sent me. Look, Messianic Judaism is exactly that. It is Jews and Christians coming together to worship the Lord as one, just as prophecy spoke about. It's an amazing thing. I mean, that should get you excited. Now, look, one of the very interesting things about God is that he makes promises to us, but he doesn't necessarily give us the results of those promises in our lifetime, which I understand can be somewhat frustrating. Look, God promised the land of Israel to his chosen people. It took him about 2,000 years, right, uh, to to see that happen. God promised that a non-people would uh, make Israel jealous. Uh, that took 3,000 years. God promised that the two people would become one new man. Again, 2,000 years uh, beginning in the Messianic movement, I believe. So God is doing these things, and we have to understand we pray and believe and expect out of obedience. And we do this because God is faithful. He makes a way. He sends people to make a difference in the world to right the wrongs of past generations. You know, as we study the history of Israel, we study who God has sent and his faithfulness. So last week we discussed this briefly, but I want to uh, just get a little deeper into this because it is such an amazing thing what God has done in Israel. So, in the late 1800s, Russian Jews began a movement by returning back to Israel to live. This was called the first Aliyah or Aliyah. Now, an Aliyah is when the Jews immigrate from the diaspora that's being outside of Israel in order to live in the land of Israel. It's also defined as the act of going up, that is, towards Jerusalem, making Aliyah, by moving to the land of Israel. It's one of the most basic tenets of Zionism. The thought is that any time you go to Israel, you are going up. During the same time, God raises up a Jew 
by the name of Theodore Herzl. Now, many of you probably know that name if you've studied history. He was an Austrian-Hungarian, you know, and he was a secular Jew, which means he didn't really hardly believe in God. Um, he was a lawyer, a journalist, a playwright, and a political activist. Now, he is known as the father of modern Zionism, and he's also known as the father of the state of Israel, even though he died before Israel was formed. Now, he wrote a book called The Jewish State, which gave a vision for what he thought in in the late 1880s, right? This was his vision for Jews coming back to Israel. And he also started what was called the First Zionist Congress in 1897. Now, other than last week, and you probably don't even remember, how many of you know the name Reverend William Heckler? <laughs> One Jewish magazine article subtitled the article about him, The Christian Minister Who Legitimized Theodore Herzl. Wow, that's pretty big. Let's find out a little bit about him. He was born in 1845, this is William Heckler, in India to a German Anglican mission, missionary father. Um, and he, he had a very conservative education. He was exposed to evangelical restorationism. Now, what is that? Well, it, the central belief of restorationism is that at the second coming of Yeshua, would occur after the Jews were restored to Palestine or Israel. Hechler's faith did not believe that Jews had to be converted before this happened. It did lead him to an amazingly deep, sincere interest in the welfare of Jewish people, Jewish concerns, and the land of Palestine. And he wrote a book, uh, kind of a booklet, I should call it, in 1893, self-published, and it was called The Restoration of the Jews to Palestine According to the Prophecy. So this was written in 1893. And Heckler had projected in that booklet the days of the Jewish salvation would begin around 1897-1898. Now, one might say he was wrong and it didn't happen until the 1970s. However, when there is a move Towards Israel, there usually is revival connected to it. And in the late 1800s, during that first Aliyah, there were definitely were a number of Jewish people who accepted Yeshua as their Messiah. Now, one such Jew, was his name was Leopold Kahn, and he was a Hungarian immigrant to the United States who became a Jewish believer in Yeshua and found the Brownsville Mission to the Jews in 1894. Connect the dots with these dates, right? In late, in, in, it later became known as the American Board of Missions to the Jews, and they changed their name once again to what we now know them to be as the Chosen People. That's a group in New York, a wonderful ministry group in New York. But out of that group of the American Board of Missions to the Jews came Moshe, or Moish Rosen. 
And Moish was the founder of Jews for Jesus in the early 70s. So you see how that all kind of comes together? Let's go back to William Heckler. So he digs into the scriptures, he looks at prophecy, and boy, the light went on in his head. His understanding of scripture and prophecy did not line up at all with the majority of the church. And and also, he disagreed with how the church even looked at Jewish people. But that didn't stop him. He could have argued with the church, he could have argued with friends and acquaintances, but he didn't. Instead... He taught everyone who would listen. He was persistent, and he had worked with many leaders because he tutored some of the kids, and so he met these leaders, and so he had a great group of people of influence that he knew, and God used him in an amazing way. He walked by just a bookstore one day, and in the window of this bookstore, he sees the book, The Jewish State by Theodore Herzl. He was so excited because he hadn't met a Jew who had a vision for the revitalization of Israel being a Jewish state. He felt that in order to do what God wanted him to do, he had to have a Jewish person with him who shared this vision. So he immediately sought out Herzl. They met, and after a while, they collaborated. And picture this, Herzl had a vision for Israel, right? But he was a secular Jew, meaning he wasn't religious. And Heckler's vision was purely scriptural. And remember, he knew many leaders. So they uh, combined and, and believed that Jews going back to Israel and receiving Yeshua was part of God's end time plan. This was how Heckler believed. So Heckler's uh vision was based on the scriptures. And and two of the scriptures that were really important to him, and we've read them before, is Romans 11.25, where it starts out, I do not want you, brothers and sisters, to be ignorant of this mystery, lest you be wise in your own eyes, that a partial hardening has come upon Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in, and in this way all Israel will be saved, as it is written, the deliverer shall come out of Zion, he shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob, and this is my covenant with them when I take away their sins. Then we read in Luke 21, 24, as Heckler did, they will fall by the edge of the sword, be led away captive into all the nations. Jerusalem will be trampled by the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles has been fulfilled. In order for the blinders to come off the Jewish people's eyes, they would have to have be back in the land of Israel and in control of Jerusalem. And Heckler, this is, this is the foundation of his belief. Okay, so he combines with Herzl, and they were amazingly successful. But let's consider this. Heckler, a devout Christian. Herzl, a secular Jew. They came together to be the force responsible for the birth of the state of Israel. Now, I'm talking about this because of celebrating 70 years of the birth of Israel. But there are some questions that should come out of this peculiar union of Heckler, the, the Christian, and Herzl, the secular Jew. 
And the first question that comes to my mind, maybe it comes to yours as well, is why did God use a strong believer and a secular Jewish person to accomplish his prophetic will for Jews to go back to the land of Israel? But don't you see, this is the thread that goes throughout all Scripture, and that's the important thing to understand. Look, I can picture many of the people at that time being extremely negative about their vision and God's plan. They would have said, oh, you can't trust a Jew, or you can't trust a Christian, or how about this one? You've heard this before. You are unequally yoked, or how about you're both crazy. This will never work, or the Church people might have said to him, hey, we're the new Israel. Israel doesn't exist anymore. Or some Christians were just plain anti-Semitic. Aren't you glad that you live today and we've figured out everything that has to do with what Scripture says and what is God's will? Now, look, I'm being facetious, so don't repeat that as a serious statement I didn't say that. I was being facetious. Based on what we know today, we would have would we have backed these two men or would we have said no, this isn't right for many reasons. Even with all that God has given us through the Bible, God surprises his people throughout scripture and I believe he surprises us now too. Don't put God in a box. He is God. Seek to look at his entire scripture, be ready for surprises, and who knows, God might decide to use you or me or Shoresh David or the Messianic movement in his next plan. So we've got to study his word, seek his face, and be ready for what he wants to do. I love this story of these two men. I wish I had time to go into more depth about their lives and relationship. Let us be thankful Uh, As God is faithful, he restored his people to Israel. He will restore his people to himself. Are you ready to be used of God? So as we close today, let's look at a couple of scriptures quickly that show us what it says about God's faithfulness. And as we keep this in mind, we'll be better able to live a life as Yeshua's disciple. In Deuteronomy 7, 9, it says, Now therefore that Adonai your God, he is God, the faithful God. He's faithful, right? Who keeps covenant kindness for a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commandments, his mitzvot. Or how about 2 Timothy 2.13? If we're faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Or 2 Thessalonians 3.3, 3, but the Lord is trustworthy and he will strengthen and protect you from the evil one. Or 1 Corinthians 1.9, God is faithful through whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Yeshua the Messiah, our Lord. Or 1 John 1.9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. And finally, a scripture you all know well from the Hebrew scriptures, Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13. For I know the plans that I have in mind for you, declares Adonai, plans for shalom and not calamity to give you all future and a hope. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Well, look, we're out of time today. 
Uh, if you for look for a gift of any size, I'll be happy to send you the scriptures I use conter- uh, having to do with Israel, the article on Herzl and Hechler, which would be a fascinating read, uh, an article on 44 inventions of Israelis. Just call Karen, 813-831-5673. And also for any size gift, uh, how about the Mother's Day Haggadah to bless your wife or your mom with? It'd be great to sit down at a meal for that. A gift of any size, call Karen, 813-831-5673. We would appreciate financial support for this program. Just call Karen. May the Lord be your first priority, and may you grow in your desire to have a heart like the heart of Messiah. Join me in prayer as we close. Abba, Father, Teach us your ways so that our hearts would be hearts of flesh and not of stone. May our words and actions always reflect the heart of Messiah so that everyone who meets us will know that Yeshua is our Messiah and King. You are Messiah, Yeshua Mashiach, Lion of Judah. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.